PGCE Research Bites, student teacher research from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching. Hello everybody, uh, my name is Emma Thayer and I have got PGCE Art and Design student teacher Hannah Woodward here with me, who is going to be talking to me about an absolutely cracking assignment that she did, um, assignment two on the programme, entitled, Can Vocabulary Resources Be Used to Develop Learners' Confidence Using Their Oracy Skills Within an Additional Needs Art Classroom? And before we get into the, the skin of that, first of all, welcome to you, Hannah. And the thing I want to ask you first is, because that's such a, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in that question. How did you arrive at that question? You got to your second placement. You were tasked with identifying a barrier or barriers to learning that your learners were experiencing. How did you go about identifying that barrier? Well, as you say, I was really fortunate to start my second placement in an ALN setting. And as part of that, I had a slightly more extended period to spend time observing students in lots of lessons, including the art classroom. And I observed initially a couple of lessons that just so happened when I was there. They had some um, visitors coming in to speak to the learners. And these visitors were asking questions and responses to, for responses in terms of what they were, you know, they were think they were a charity coming in to talk about what they were doing. And the learners were struggling, I could tell, to respond and they were nervous to respond they were reticent they were clearly engaging they were listening but there was a kind of a quiet over the classroom quite consistently so I wondered why that was and I reflected on that and I thought perhaps it's because there's an unfamiliar speaker perhaps it's you know they're struggling to engage with someone unfamiliar so I continued my observations and I realised that actually this was a theme that was continuous throughout different um, subjects across the school so that led me then to be choose that that was something I was going to unpick. Okay. Um, And also, as part of this assignment, although you are tasked with designing a sort of research-informed intervention that's going to benefit your whole class, you're asked to look at a sample of learners and to really unpick and identify any barriers or challenges in learning with regard to your focus that you've clearly identified there that they are experiencing. So how did you identify that sample and what were their barriers to learning with regard to responding and their oracy skills? Well, the class sizes in um, about the, my CP2 placement are about 12 learners. Um, so I knew that if I was going to design the intervention, I wanted to have as little impact and disruption to normal everyday lessons as possible. Um, the majority of learners in the class that I selected um, have autism, um, including the three of my sample learners. Um, and one of those learners also has ADHD. So it was focusing on the idea that what what barriers does having autism provide for learners who are trying to engage in conversation and oracy skills in the classroom? And I think at this stage, um, we're just going to, we will come to talk about the literature and what reading you did to help you design an intervention, but something that you did particularly well in this assignment to really try to, from the learner's perspective, identify the barriers to learning, was you designed a, a survey to do with them. Can you tell me a bit about how you designed that survey and, and why you did it at the beginning and what you found? Yeah, I mean, I was aware that I had interpreted perhaps a reticence towards um, speaking in the classroom, but I was interested to see whether the learners felt the same way and interpreted it themselves. So I came up with a survey, a short survey, so that they weren't overwhelmed of about five or six questions. And I wanted to analyse how they felt speaking in certain contexts. So I kind of narrowed that down then to wanting to evaluate how they felt speaking to teachers, peers, and how they felt about using subject-specific vocabulary. 
So I asked um, the LSAs who I work with, who are fantastic, to support the learners in engaging with that questionnaire so that they could be supported in what I was asking them. And was anything surprising that came out of that? Yeah, so... uh, I think it was, it's important to fact, like, you know, note that these surveys are being completed by learners who, for the most part, are very keen to please. So I had, I used the Likert scale, so I had, you know, one to ten, how confident do you feel on the scale? And um, one of the learners definitely kind of, I, I, I reinforced that it wasn't a test, that I wasn't, you know, testing them, but had circled ten, so very confident for everything. And I, you know from my judgment would question whether that was a genuine feeling or whether that was him trying to please me and then the other two learners they were actually interesting completely contrasting so one learner had um, mentioned that they were very confident speaking to peers but not so much speaking to teachers and the other one the complete opposite so that kind of went to show that there is no one size fits all approach to this sort of thing learners going to feel very differently and for me assessing Hannah's work and this is speaking directly to anybody out there that's um, about to embark on assignment two what Hannah did particularly well was really dig into and be quite critically reflective of why her pupils may have responded to that survey the way you did you've heard her talk there about something that we call the Hawthorne effect which is when a researcher does have whether they like it or not a bit of an influence over the way a participant responds to the methods that they're using when they're doing research so Hannah did that really, really well. You did that really well in this assignment. But I think importantly, as you've identified it, it really gave you from the pupils' perspectives, you know, their perception of their oracy skills. Okay, so then you had to do some reading. You had to turn to the literature before you could design an intervention that was going to address some of those concerns that come from your perspective and the learners. Mm -hmm. So just generally, were there any sort of key texts or were there any, any key authors that you know, were, were fundamental to the design of your intervention? Yeah, well, I suppose I should say that as, as a result of the questionnaire, all the learners had highlighted, well, two of the three learners had highlighted um, the use of vocabulary skills as the areas which they felt least confident. Um, and one of the learners, although it's a subtlety, had, had initially addressed that and then changed their mind to 10, so they'd, you know, addressed it quite lower. And then so that was an area I could see overall needed to be investigated so when then when it came to looking at the literature it was vocabulary that I focused on and I looked particularly at Robin Alexander and his research and his his coining of dialogic teaching and also looking at how the classroom environment in fact influences obviously in the classroom so there's kind of two strands of vocabulary and classroom environment and the kind of social skill that can be developed through oracy in the classroom. And I know somebody else, just from memory now, that was quite prominent in your literature review was Alex Quigley, narrowing yes. the vocabulary, vocabulary gap. Yes. So you you read a load of that stuff and again another real plus and, and a real highlight for me of your assignment was how you were really digging into that literature and reflecting on it and what it meant um, to your learners in your context. So Having looked at dialogic teaching, Alex Quigley's work and and others, there were lots of texts that you'd considered. What intervention did you you design and and why? Well, I I decided to continue to focus on vocabulary and obviously as part of the new curriculum, kind of access to, you know, language is underpinning everything with the literary numeracy framework and having that inclusion in there. So I I wanted to make sure that that was at the the core of my resource that I created. So I created a vocabulary pyramid, um, which which would be bespoke to each learner. So I created, it was really important that I looked at the learner's reading ages, because in my sample, each learner had varying reading ages from 6 to 14. And then I created three vocabulary pyramids, which would suit 
each learner in kind of a roughly a different category. The pyramid then would direct learners in the towards the trajectory of challenge. So they were colour coded to so kind of support them with that. And then on the side of their vocabulary pyramid, there was um, a, an opportunity for learners to kind of tally or make points when they were able to use vocabulary from the pyramid. But on top of that, I was felt it was really important to have an uh, I shared an idea title because I felt it was really important that I didn't isolate learners who didn't use that vocabulary. It was just as crucial and such as just as important to be able to share an idea and voice your feelings in class. Which I suppose speaks to that question that you'd ask them about, how confident are you to mm. share your ideas to peers? Um, wonderful. Okay. How did it go? <laughs> well. Did it work? <laughs> um, I'd say, I, so I, I ran the intervention of two lessons. So the first lesson, um, they all had their bespoke pyramids, but um, art is a very practical lesson. There are lots of resources on the table, lots of imagery to look at. And I felt that my resource, although... Some learners used it. Generally, it wasn't as well used. I think it was another resource on top of many other things. And because I was asking questions while they had um, lots of engaging imagery and stimulus to be looking at, I think, although they, they looked at the resource, they didn't use the tally feature. I think that was like a step, maybe a step too far. Mm. So then I re-evaluated that. And then going into my second lesson, I decided to make the resource the, the centre of the the task and then I found that was much more successful and mm-hmm. um, learners were more engaged able to tally their responses and take more time to use that vocabulary and also the, the LSAs and the, they were used to the resource and the LSAs are used to resource and able to, to support the learners in using it further. And then digging down into the detail when it came to your three pupils in the sample what was the impact on them as individuals? Could you see that it had had any sort of or made any change to their perceptions of their oracy skills? I could see that they were keen to engage with the language and keen to get to the bottom of it, which was really nice to see. It was nice to observe those learners asking questions about what some of the vocabulary meant that was unfamiliar to them. Um, they were using the vocabulary that was familiar to them already, which was fantastic. Um, and I could see that there was an ambition there to try and get to grips with it, which was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to doing an exit questionnaire, um, it was really interesting to see that actually the results initially could have ind- indicated an uh, ineffective assignment because their confidence nearly, for, for two of them at least, had, had dropped in terms of their confidence in their vocabulary skills and how they rated it. But I wonder whether that's a reflection of them now having better understanding of vocabulary in the subject and what it is to use it. Which is incredibly interesting and there is some literature out there that that backs that up that pupils do find it very difficult to self-assess when they're less au fait with the strategies that they're using. They're not necessarily aware of how well they can do something and so they can grade themselves really highly (laughs) because they don't really know. So that's, again, Hannah's criticality, your criticality in this assignment and, you know, not just taking the sort of surface level or taking the data at surface level, really digging down into it, but knowing your learners well enough as well. Was that important? Definitely. And I think, you know, they're all three very different individuals. I mean, I'm looking at it quite broadly and saying that this is perhaps their barrier to to engaging with oracy in the classroom. But actually, they're three very different learners and knowing that that their subtleties and their, you know, the way that they work has been really important in how and reflecting um, on the data and also conversations with staff who also know them very well and and better than me. Mm -hmm. So 
having done this intervention now, having described all of the learning that took place, the impact it did have, some of the drawbacks, a big part of this assignment is about your personal philosophy for teaching and learning. So what has this assignment done? Has it confirmed anything? Has it changed anything? What has it done to your philosophy? I think it's confirmed that our responsibility as as teachers expands beyond our subject and that we need to support learners with fundamentals such as vocabulary and that involves, in this case, looking more deeply at subject-specific vocabulary. Um, A lot of the authors and literatures I looked at highlighted how crucial, um, obviously, oracy skills and vocabulary is in terms of out the world outside the school gates, um, the social skills that come with that that are transferable throughout the school and, you know, in their life beyond the classroom and, you know, encouraging them to become that lifelong learner and as teachers we have a huge opportunity to model in many different ways be it behavior or anything else but in this case language and that's a huge opportunity that we should be taking I think. Thank you Hannah okay I've just got one final question because there will be student teachers in the future listening to this who are about to embark on this assignment who are maybe feeling a bit daunted by the prospect of what they're about to do any tips recommendations to help them on that road? I think take what's in front of you, look at what's there and don't try and push to find something that perhaps isn't. Look at what you're seeing and dig a bit and dig a bit deeper. Just go for it. I think, you know, build those relationships with the people you're working with and inquire with them as to what they think could be helpful if you're stuck. And yeah, continue to build the relationships with, with the learners and they'll probably one way or another tell you really where that intervention should be going. So yeah. Excellent advice. Thank <laughs> you very much, Hannah, and good luck for the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. PGCE Research Bites comes from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching and is presented this week by Emma Thayer. It showcases the best student-teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership for Initial Teacher Education. Thanks to Hannah Woodward from PGCE Secondary Art and Design who joined us today to share her research. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blandford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. We'll be back with a regular episode next week and PGCE Research Bites will be back soon. 